This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. We're still in, in the love series, glory to God. And I'm telling you, as long as you're a Christian, you can't stop walking in love. Amen? And I'm telling you, we have to, we have to walk in the love of God. You know, it's a command that Jesus commands us to love. And also, it's also we owe, we owe love to people. Amen? The Bible says, owe no one anything but to love them. Amen? So, so we, are, we are called to love. Amen? And my definition, we're, we're talking about agape love this, uh, this month. And agape love is a selfless, sacrificial love, not contingent on what others do for us or to us. Amen? So it's a sacrificial uh, love that that's not determined on how people treat us. Amen. So, so we love people regardless how they treat us. We, we love people anyway. Why? Because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And so, so we're not determining uh, how we treat people by how they treat us. Can I get a witness in the house today? So, so people can treat you bad, but we, we, we walk in love. Hallelujah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this to you today, that, that, that Jesus said it's a new commandment I give you in John 13, 34, 35, that you love one another. And we discovered that loving one another is revealing that we're disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So how, how, how do you know that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ? It's not how many scriptures that you know. It's not how many scriptures that you can quote. Amen. It's really based on walking in the love of God. Amen. We know the greatest commandment is to love your Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so this, this basically, if you do these two, you're obeying the entire law of the prophets. We know the Ten Commandments is about how we have a relationship with God and how we have a relationship with people. And so really, Jesus boiled it down, love God and love people. So that's what we need to do. We found out that in the first session. We also found out that, that love is patient and kind. And so if you're going to walk in the love of God, it's more than that. It's the definition is in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 8. And if you're having a problem walking in love, I want to encourage you to, to meditate on 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8. I heard a minister that was, was counseling a married couple and they were having problems in their marriage. And the, and the, and the minister said, if you would just take uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8 and read it out loud together every night, um, it will change your relationship. And they did that and it actually, the love of God started moving in their hearts and it changed their relationship because love is selfless, <laughs> amen, and, and sacrificial, and love is not selfish. Amen. And you'll find that whenever you have problems in a relationship or you have problems uh, with something, a lot of times you're focused on yourself. And, and, and so what we need to be, we need to be focused on others, amen? On the second part of my message is that we need to be like God. Look at your neighbor and say, be like God. I don't know about you, but I want to be like my heavenly father. And uh, how is my heavenly, what is he like? Well, 
Well, he revealed to Moses his name on top of the mountain, and he revealed in his name he's gracious. Psalms 145, 8, 9. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger. He's great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. So we see that God is a gracious God. God is a good God. Some may say, well, if God is so good and so loving, why is there so much bad down here on this earth? Have you ever heard that before? Why is there so much evil? Well, because in God's love, he gives us free will. He gives us uh, the ability to choose how we're going to live this life. The Bible says, choose this day who you serve, blessing or curse, amen, life or death, you choose. And so, so really, really the greatest, one of the greatest aspects of God's love is that God gives us freedom. Oh, I'm preaching today. He gives you freedom to choose to love him willingly, to, to come to church and, 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 and to desire to hear a word from him, a desire to connect with him. I love what the word of God says. If you draw near to God, what will he do? He will draw near to you. So what is God looking for? Well, well, most of you probably in the house today, you're saved. And so really, God pursued you. Amen? He came after you. But once you get saved, now your relationship kind of flips from God pursuing us to us pursuing God. Can I get a, can I get a witness in the house today? And so really, God pursued us. That's why he brought us together. That's why he saved us. But now it's flipped. Now, really, our entire life is about us pursuing God. Amen. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house today? And I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm hungry for God. How many people are hungry for God out here? you got to stay hungry for God. Amen. And one of God's greatest aspects in his love is, is his compassion. It's his mercy. So what does God want us to be people? He wants us to be people of compassion. He wants us to be people of mercy. He wants us to be people of love. Now, I, I'm going to say this. I know people that have a mercy gift. They, they, they have a mercy gift. They, they can feel other people's pain. I don't have that gift. I have to pray for it. I, know I, I just only really want to give the word and say, just do the word. But, I, 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 but there are people that, that, that has a mercy gift that, that can get in, in the, you know, the uh, foxhole of life and get in with them and, and cry with them. And, 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 and the Bible says, weep with those who weep amen, and rejoice with those who rejoice. So there are times where we need to get into the foxhole of life with people and cry with them. But we don't have to stay in that foxhole. Amen. There's a time for us to get out of that foxhole and, and start rejoicing in God. I had a, I had a person uh, uh, text me yesterday and they needed some prayer. And, uh, and so I, um, you know, I, I could have just texted them back and said, I'll keep you in prayer. Or I could have called them, you know. And my flesh was saying, well, it's going to probably take 20 or 30 minutes for me to minister. And my flesh says, do you want to call? You just want to text back and say, I'll keep you in prayer. But the love of God said, call. The love of God said, take your time. See, love will sacrifice time for others. Oh, I'm preaching today. Love will take take the the hit for others. In other words, sometimes you have to take a loss to walk in love. 
Am I, am I witnessing anybody today? Sometimes it feels like a loss, but really, to tell you the truth, you never lose by giving out. You always win. And so, you know, my flesh, I, I, you know, I'm thinking, well, this person hadn't been in church in a while and, you know, they haven't showed up and we, we'd sent out, miss you. And, but you know what? I felt encouraged to, to call and I ministered. And yes, it took 35, 40 minutes. But you know what? I was more encouraged after ministering to them for myself. Because when you encourage somebody, you know, you can't help but giving love to others without a little bit of love coming back on you. And I just felt great that I was able to encourage. And in that time of me encouraging that person, I got encouraged. I kept saying, you're going to make it. God is for you. And I just kept thinking, God's for me too. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes you got to preach to others. And sometimes you got to preach to yourself. Amen. Sometimes you got to preach to the person in the mirror. And, and I, you know, and, and, and preach that, that you're going to make it. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to make it. So, so we got to understand this, that God is merciful. And I love it in James 2.13. James is saying, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. So, so James got a revelation that if we don't show mercy, then, then, then judgment is at our door. But he says, mercy triumphs over judgment. What does that mean? That means that, that God's mercy is greater than his judgment. And I love that because God's merc- more merciful than we give him credit for. And he is so merciful to us. And that's why we got to be very careful that we don't get high minded. And just because we're following some rules and following some regulations that we don't get high minded like we're all that. And we got to be very careful because lest we fall, glory to God. It, anybody can fall. Anybody can miss it. We're all, we all have weaknesses. Amen. And I love what it says in Romans 5.20. It says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. See, the law reveals the offense, uh, breaking the law of God. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So what, what, what is, is Paul saying in this revelation? He's saying where the sin of the world is bad... And the whole world that doesn't have Jesus, you know, there's a judgment on the world that they're going to pay for their sins, and that's hell. But Jesus came to wipe that sin debt off of humanity. Why? So that we could have a relationship with him. So that we could have fellowship with him. That we could have, uh, you know, eternal life, abundant life. God, I'm going to say this to you today. God did not want to do heaven without us. God just, you know, you know, you think about God and I'm going to be talking about unity today and, and, and God is in unity with himself. It's good to be in unity with yourself. It's good not to be fighting with yourself. And, uh, and God is in unity. He's, he's uh, Trinity, uh, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And they're three in one and they're unified. Glory to God. Try unity. And so, so what am I saying? I'm saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, as I go down in this message, that we need to continue to walk in unity with God and with others. Amen? So, so, so in one of the s- sessions, we talked about that why do we want to walk in God's love? Why do we want to do that? We want to walk in God's love to be a godly influence. We want to be an influence. Wherever you are, we should be influencing people 
for the kingdom of God. So, so, so in other words, uh, sometimes when you're driving, when their police officer is behind you, you are on your best driving mode. You're, you're stopping. You're not going through the yellow light. You're not, you're not trying. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? When, when, when the police officer is behind you, you're doing everything right. Well, we should be doing everything right regardless if the police officer is behind us or not. Amen. In other words, why? Because people are watching us. People are, are, are taking notice of what we do. And love it, uh, it prefers the other person above ourselves. Glory to God. So, so, so we need to get the revelation. So I love this, what Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. And he says here in Matthew 5, 16, let, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Notice it says here that, that people are supposed to be seeing our good works. Yes, amen. So we're supposed to have good works and why? Because that reveals the goodness of God. What's a good work? Well, a good work is, is, is saying something kind to somebody or, or praying for somebody or, uh, or giving somebody a blessing, amen, a, 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 a Holy Ghost handshake, glory to God, doing something nice for somebody, looking for ways of, of, of showing the love of God. I like what it says in Galatians 6.10. It says, as we have therefore opportunity... Let us do good unto all men. Now, I can just stop right there. He, he's saying here, let us do good to all men, but especially unto them who are in a household of faith. So we're, not only are we supposed to love all men, not only are we supposed to be gracious to all people, but we're supposed to be gracious to one another in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And last week we talked about the communication of love. And, and, and the communication of love is that we got to be very careful. Our words can weigh heavy on people's ears. And what we say that comes out of our mouth, and more than what we say to people, what are we saying about people? Oh, I'm preaching today. And we need to be saying the right things over people's lives. Amen? We, need to be, we don't want to be agreeing with their problems but we want, to, we want to be agreeing with the good things that's in them, that God has placed in them. The Bible says, always look at the good things that God has deposited on each one of us. So we always want to look at the good things. Has the devil ever told you that you're, you're, that, that you're nothing, that you're not going to amount to anything? That's the way the devil works. He will say, man, you're, you're, you're a hypocrite. He, he will talk down to you. Why? He's trying to make you believe that. You are not your problem. You are not your sin. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And once you start agreeing with that, you're going to become what you see yourself as, a righteous person in Christ. So in Ephesians 4, 29 and 32, this is the Apostle Paul, and he says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary of edification that may impart grace to the hearers. So he's saying here that, that our words should, should edify and impart grace to the hearers. And then he goes on to say this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So our words can grieve the Holy Spirit, can sadden the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. And then he goes on and says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, 
clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiven one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Notice that he talks about forgiveness, but he always brings it back to the cross. See, whenever we're dealing with people, we always have to bring our relationship back to the cross. What did Jesus do for us? Amen. Can I get a witness now? Say, he paid the price so that we could have a, a relationship with God. How does God communicate uh, with us? He communicates with us through his word, through preaching. He also communicates us through, through prophecy. I love this. And God is not harsh, hard, or pressing. God is always lifting us up. And just a basic form of prophecy is in 1 Corinthians 14, 3. It says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. Notice that in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 3. So, so what is the Holy Spirit? What does he want to do? He wants to edify. He wants to exhort. He wants to build us up. What are we supposed to be doing when we're around? We're not supposed to be talking negative, but we're supposed to be talking positive, building the situation up and not tearing the situation down. Can I get a witness in the house today? Has anybody ever disappointed you when you started saying some things that you shouldn't be saying? Has anybody ever done anything? And and sometimes we got to be very careful what we say, even when nobody's around. Oh, I'm preaching today. We got to be very careful what we say when nobody's around. We got to be very careful with our words because our words are power and we don't want to be cursing. We want to be blessing. Can I get a witness in the house today? God is calling us to be unified with himself. That's the reason why Jesus paid that price. I love it in Isaiah 118. It said, now come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So we see here that there, there's a promise, there's a blessing, and a curse. Amen? And what God is saying, he's saying, let us reason together. Let's come together. Uh, in other words... Whatever God says in his word, it's yes and amen. We don't fight God in his word. We don't come against God in his word. We, we obey God in his word. And we say yes and amen, glory to God. And so what, what, what the Lord is saying here is he's calling each one of us to have a closer relationship with him. How many people are running hard after God in here? Amen. And so, so here... Uh, I love this in 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 19, because when you think of the gospel uh, and that we, you know, everybody, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm a preacher. I'm a minister of the gospel. But I'm going to say this. You are all ministers of the gospel. You are all ministers of the gospel. And when you think about ministering the gospel, what do you think about? Well, Paul brings some revelation here in 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 19. We preach the gospel. Paul even talks about it here. Uh, the gospel of reconciliation. Amen. In other words, we're trying to tell people that God doesn't care. God has already did something about their sin problem. That God has already paid the price. All they have to do is receive Christ. And I love this. It says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a ministry. 
of reconciliation. And then he says here, this is, this is my part, that this is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So what, what is our goal? Well, our goal is not just to, you know, close us, ourselves off from the world. No, God doesn't want us closing ourselves off from the world. He wants us going out into the world. I'm preaching today. He wants us letting our light shine. In other words, sometimes we'll get so spiritual, we say, oh, I don't want to be out there among the sinners. You know, they, 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 their sin could, might, might rub off on me. No, no, your righteousness is going to rub off on them. Your light is going to, the light that you walk in, it's, it, it, it's, it, I believe it's greater than the darkness that they walk in. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And we got to get a revelation of that, that God's, that God's uh, light in us is greater than the darkness that is in them. I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, dropping down. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, and so God, we're pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made himself who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you uh, today, you are an ambassador, ambassador of reconciliation. Yes. You are called not to, to, to stay away from sinners, but you're, you're called to, to get right in the middle of their lives and preach the good news to them. Can I get a witness in the house today? God is calling us to be in unity with one another. The devil knows this, that if he can get us in division, if he can divide us, he will conquer us. There's an old saying, united we stand, divided we fall. Have you ever heard that before? I know you have. And so we got to be very careful that the enemy is not trying to cause things to come into our lives, wrong thinking and thinking negative about people, thinking negative about the church. We don't want, want the enemy to work against us in that area. No, we, we, want, we want to think the right things. I like what it says in Psalms 133, 1-3. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Underline that. The Lord's commanded blessing is on unity. Can I get a witness in the house today? What, what am I saying to you? God's commanded blessing is on unity. Us being unified with God by walking according to his word. Amen. And us walking in unity with one another. Can I get a witness in the house today? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so his command, I want the command blessing. So you can say it this way. If we're in disunity, you could say it that it's the commanded curse. Amen. If it's a commanded blessing on unity, then you could possibly say it's a commanded curse on disunity. That's why the enemy, see the enemy will try to get a riff or a riff between husbands and wives. And the reason why the enemy will try to do this is because the devil knows that there is a spiritual law called the law of agreement. And when you are together agreeing, touching anything in his name, it shall be done. There's power in in coming together in agreement. Even with ungodly people. 
And when in, in the book of Genesis, when they were trying to build the, the, the Tower of Babel, I don't know if you remember this story or not, but there were ungodly people that were trying to uh, build a tower up to heaven. And God looked down and saw them and he said, there's nothing. Once they get together and they get in unity, even evil people can get some things done. And the Bible said that, that God confused their language so that, that they couldn't build that tower. Amen. And so, they, so their language was messed up. And so they never built that tower. And why? Because God knew that, that the power of agreement can bring you places that, that other things can't. Glory to God. And so we see that. I love what Jesus explains about division. He, it, the, the scribes, this is in Mark 3, 20 through 26. The scribes, are, 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 they're jealous of Jesus. Jesus is laying hands on the sick. He's healing the sick. He's casting out devils. Um, he's delivering people from wrong spirits. And he says here in, the, in Mark 3, 22, 26, it says, And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Bezabob, and by the ruler of demons, he cast out demons. So what they were, what they were saying was that Jesus' power was coming from the devil to set people free. Think about that. Jesus' power was coming from them, but it wasn't. Amen? Because the devil is not, he's not looking to set people free. The devil's looking to bind people up. Amen. That's his whole goal is to bind people up, not to set people free. So, so, so Jesus says here, um, uh, so he called them to himself and said to them in a parable, how can Satan cast out Satan? If he's, his kingdom is divided against itself, that the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. So, so it's, it was impossible for Jesus to be setting people free by the power of the devil because the devil wants people bound up. The devil wants people sick. The devil wants people uh, not abling to do what God's calling them to do. That, the, the, the enemy, he, he loves people to be sick. God loves people to be healed and well. The devil loves people to be in poverty, not, not having any finances. God wants you to be in prosperity. The devil, the devil wants you to have wrecked relationships. He wants you uh, holding things against people. God wants you to be unified in your relationships. The devil's out here to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it what? You know, I'm going to preach a series, Days of Heaven on Earth. I'm working on it right now. And because you know what? I want some days of heaven on earth. I, you know, the, the devil wants you to have days of hell on earth. Do you know the devil? He wants to put a little hell in your life. Amen. But I'm telling you, God wants us walking in days of heaven on earth. In other words, it doesn't matter what's coming against us. We're going to continue. It doesn't matter if the storms and the waves are brushing up against us and it looks bad. We're going to continue to walk on the water because we're keeping our eyes focused on Jesus. It doesn't matter what's coming against us, what, what, what the deficit is, whatever it is. God, if God be for us, it doesn't matter who's against us. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I'm doing better preaching than your amen and glory to God. Amen. You know, you know, the enemy was attacking me. 
And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with a little bit of uh, cold symptoms, but they're getting out in Jesus' name. Amen. And I said, Mom, I hope I can preach without coughing at least one time, you know. And, uh, but God is with me, glory to God. The anointing is greater. God's anointing is greater than, devil, than the devil's ability to make you sick. God's anointing is greater than that germ that's trying to attack your body. In other words, <laughs> see the enemy trying to work me. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will dwells in you and will quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. The law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. I'm preaching today. For the law of sin and death. That's days of heaven on earth. You're walking in the law of life in Christ Jesus, glory to God. It doesn't matter what's coming against you because you got the greater one for you. Hallelujah. And you got to believe that. When I was witnessing yesterday on the phone uh, to this person, uh, she was acting like, oh, she was about ready to give up. I said, don't give up. No, uh, no you got to, you know, you keep pressing in like the apostle Paul. You're a fighter. And the person said, I'm not a fighter. You are a fighter. Amen. Glory to God. God called each one of us to, <laughs> to be fighters. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, man. I just get a kick because the enemy's such a liar. Amen. So four causes of disunity. Number one, poor communication or miscommunication. Uh, if we miscommunicate what we're saying, that's why I'm not really big in, if there's something important for me to say to somebody, I'm not real big in texting because you can get a lot of different, you can, you know, you can text something and people may not understand or may not get it the way you want, want it to come across. And so when I'm, when I'm want to talk to somebody that's important, I'd rather speak to them so they can hear my heart. Ooh, I'm preaching today. Because I want people to hear my heart. I just don't want just to say something, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, text something, you know, that, that's good. But, 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 but I want my heart to be heard. Can I get a witness? And so, and so here in, in Psalms 41, it says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Amen. So we want God to, to, to set a guard over our, our mouth and, and keep watch over the doors of our lips. Why? We, we want to speak the right things. It's not what we say, it's how we say it. Glory to God. In Psalms 19, 14, it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That's a good prayer. And that's what we need to start praying every day. Lord, let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my mouth and the words of my, uh, uh, the words be uh, acceptable in your sight. Number two, uh, one reason why we get upset or we get angry because we have unfulfilled expectations. In my series, I said, if you don't expect much, then you're going to, then then if you don't expect much out of people and they exceed your expectations, you're going to be happy. But if if you're expecting a lot more out of people and they don't, and they don't live up to your expectations, you're going to be angry. I'm preaching today. So, 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 so what do I do? Sometimes I'll go to a movie and I won't expect a lot from the movie. And then if, if, it, if it blesses me like Jesus Revolution, I wasn't, you know, I said, oh, another Christian movie. But that movie blew me away. But I came in not expecting anything, 
but it exceeded my expectations. And so here, it says here that hope deferred in Proverbs 13, 12 makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. In other words, we need to be expecting the good and not the bad in whatever situation that we're dealing with. Sometimes when we're, we're dealing with situations with, with struggles with people or with organizations or with your boss, you know, it, it, it's good uh, not to try to change people, but to pray for people. Yeah. I'm going to say this, that's important that we pray about the situation before we talk about the situation. Let God move on people's hearts. Let, you, see, the Bible says that the hearts of the kings are in the hands of God. And so maybe you're dealing with an issue with your husband. Well, pray first before you talk to him. Or, or maybe you're dealing with, with, your, with your wife. Pray first before you talk to him. Pray that God will move on their hearts and reveal truth, glory to God. And what we tend to do is that we, we tend to quarrel and try to mold people in what we want them to be. But that's not, that's not God's way. No, God says pray for them. And, 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 and believe that God's working, then talk to them. Amen? And in the process, God may change you. Oh, I'm preaching today. Because you may find out that it might not be their problem, it could be your problem. Oh. My pastor used to tell me when, when he preached up here, he would say sometimes, I'm not your problem. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that or not. And some of the old people know, and, and he would say, I'm not your problem. No, 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 people aren't your problem. Who's the problem? It's the enemy. It's the devil. He's your problem. He's your Achilles heel. He's the one that's trying to get us to think wrong, speak wrong, act wrong. The devil's our problem. Amen. God's our solution. So I'm going to say this, number three, we don't want to despise the differences. Just because people are different, we don't want to despise them because they're different than us. God has made us unique and all of us are one of a kind. We're one in eight billion. Yeah, that's right. Each one of you are unique. You have your own fingerprint. Not one, you're, not one fingerprint is the same. Uh, amen. And not one person is the same. God is unique. If God can name every star in the universe, he can make us totally unique with each other. But we need to be, we need to, uh, you know, uh, celebrate our differences and, and, and not, you know, speak negative about our differences. Can I get a, can I get a witness in the house today? Uh, back to what Mark says. It says that if we do this, Mark says in Mark 3, 24, a kingdom divided cannot stand. We got to make sure we stay unified no matter what. Number four, we all have flesh and we are fallible and no one is perfect except for Jesus. Sometimes we start thinking that our own ways are better than other people's ways. Amen. No, it's just different. Amen. We don't want to get high in mind and thinking that we know it better than other people know it. No, no, we all can learn. Somebody say, I'm a learner. And so you stop learning, you stop living. And so we all are learning and we're growing and we haven't arrived yet. And thank God, I'm telling you, we won't arrive until Jesus splits the eastern sky. We're all going to be working on things in our lives. Everyone has sinned in Romans 3.23. All have fallen short of God's glorious standard, glory to God. So what am I saying to you today? We've got to be very careful we're not judging. Jesus said, judge not that you be judged, 
For with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So be very careful you're not judging. Let me give you some four keys here uh, uh, to, to deal with conflict. People deal with conflict this way, my way. They say it's got to be my way. Others will, 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 will cow, cow down and say your way. Others will say halfway. But I will say God's way. A lot of times we say my way. It's my way or the highway. And I'm telling you, no, don't, don't get an attitude like that. No, no, we all can come to terms. We can come to an agreement, glory to God. It, don't ever say my way or the highway. Amen. And, and we, we, we don't want to just relinquish the other person's rights over some areas that we feel that they're treading on us. Why? Because it will cause us to be resentful. And then we know it's halfway, it's a compromise between both of us. But really, we really got to get God involved and make it God's way. Go to God and allow God to work in us and through them. So when you're dealing with any kind of issues, go to God and let God work through us. And in us. Amen? Uh, praise God. Keys to help promote unity. And I'm closing here. I will act, not react. I will have a pre-flight strategy. Don't go to bed without settling the issue. So, glory to God. So, what am I saying? Well, the Bible talks about in Ephesians, it says, don't go to bed angry. In other words, it's, it's saying that um, Ephesians 4, 26, uh, 20, well, let's go with Ephesians 26, 27. It says, in in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. What is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to get us angry. And then if we allow anger to come into our life, then what that, that, that turns into, that turns into uh, resentment. And resentment turns into bitterness. And, we, and, we, and then now we have a chip on our shoulder. Glory to God. And so we got to be very careful we don't have, allow anger to be unchecked. Number two, never call names. Never, never call names. Never belittle people. Never speak down to people. No, you don't call names. In Colossians 3, 8, it says, But now rid yourselves completely of all things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth. Amen. In 1 Peter 3, 9, it says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called that you may inherit a blessing. Number three, never raise your voice. Always stay calm. Always stay calm when, when, when things are happening. Because, you know, uh, uh, a soft answer, the Bible says, turns away wrath. Glory to God. So always stay calm. Uh, don't ever get historical. Don't bring up past mistakes with, with people. Right. Husbands, wives, don't bring up, don't say, hey, you, you did this last year. You did this last week. Don't bring up past mistakes. Amen. I like what the Bible says, uh, that Paul says, forgetting those things that are behind. Amen. And, and, and moving towards the things that are ahead. I press towards the mark. In other words, we're not supposed to be thinking about our past. We're not supposed to be focused on our past mistakes. And we're not supposed to even be too focused on our past victories. Amen? Because if we focus too much on our victories in the past, we won't have any victories in the present. Amen. Am I preaching to anybody today? Amen. 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 So we don't want to get historical. Never say absolute words like never and always. But I'm saying never today. Amen? Never use threatening words like I'm going to leave you or going to divorce you. Amen? Right. And this is very important. Never say words like that in a relationship. In other words, to death do you part. Yeah. 
Amen. Remember the, uh, the, the marriage vows. Amen. And not only are these marriage vows, but this is with our Lord and our Savior. To death do us part. We don't separate from God. We don't quit on God. We don't leave God. Amen. No, we stay close to God. Glory to God. I will, I, you need to be focused on the good things in people and not the bad things. Focus on the good things of your circumstance and not the bad things. In other words, get a thank you list and write down things that you are thankful for. Can I get a witness in the house today? Glory to God. Apply God's grace to you and others. Always apply God's grace. Allow God's grace to work. And remember God's grace for you. He's merciful for you. He's merciful for us. And if we want God's mercy, we're going to have to sow mercy. So did you receive it today? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness today. I thank you, Father God, that you're causing our relationships to grow and to become better, Father. And I thank you for the precious people here and those watching online. And uh, this is so important that maybe you've never made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus is knocking on the door of your hearts. He's asking to come in to your life so that he could have fellowship with you. And so this is the time where if you're feeling the drawing of the Holy Spirit, just confess this and meet it in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.